like I had a stand up, uh, I had a, like an idea about a lot of children of immigrants. We have this like PTSD. Mm. I basically had my roommate Ryan uh, do the sketch of like Ryan goes, Hey, Ahmed, is this your sandal? I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like, Hey, what do you, <laughs> it's like, Hey, I got this is Ahmed Al Qadri, and you're listening to Got Spice with Kirthi and Greg. We are excited because we actually have a famous burgeoning comedian with us. Oh, hello, everybody. My name is Ahmed Al Qadri. And if you could speak Arabic, Ahmed Al Qadri, uh, I'm here today with the awesome Kirthi and Greg. Thank <laughs> you. The, at the, this all cool hotel room. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited for Harvey Weinstein to come out in a little bit. <laughs> There's a director. And then, like, so I come fun. There, like, there I got the part. <laughs> yes. But, well, the first thing you did was sit on the casting couch. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know my my role here. I, got, I know. I know what it at takes least, to make least, it here in at Hollywood. At least you know your place. Yes. Exactly. And, yes. and and you know, listen, this is a good looking couple, so I'm down. Oh, Let's do this. We're into threesomes. Me, Greg, and she watches. Huh? Yeah. The Gregory. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So I do stand up comedy. Uh, I've been doing uh, comedy since professionally uh, for the past two years, but I've been doing like stand up since I was like 21 years old. I mm -hmm. started doing improv and sketch comedy at Dallas Comedy House. Cool I was going to actually Sunglow. ask you, you yeah. seem to have a cute little twang thing going mm. on in your... Texas? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so are yeah. you a Texas boy? Yeah, yeah, I think, mm. yeah, and I said y'all and all yes. <laughs> People well, catch I, me a lot in California. I, I, do, I do write y'all a lot in my texting, but mm. uh, so I couldn't judge from the y'all, yeah. uh, but I heard a little bit of like a fun Some twang, twang there. Yeah. Twang? Some twang. <laughs> Tang the orange. Yeah. <laughs> I mainly focus on stand up. Like when I moved to LA, I was doing mm. like improv sketch and stand up in Dallas. I was doing all sorts because Dallas Comedy House was just like amazing theater sure. where you could do it all you yeah. know and it was like this beautiful room to just create and experiment and fail and mm. grow mm. As, a, as an artist as a comedian sure. how was the audience in dallas because i've only been there for a few times for work dallas they're great audience members mm -hmm. okay. they're really good audience members uh, especially because dallas austin and houston it's like these blue islands in a sea of red mm. Mm. that's yeah. what i'm I was about like to politically ask. i was yeah. about to say it's like trump land i was right? wondering right. what type of comedy <laughs> works down right. yeah. so what i love about Texas, uh, doing comedy in Texas, it's like, it's all good to go. Like, mm. they don't care specifically, like, about what's offensive and what's not offensive. It's more, is it a good joke? Mm. And they're down. I'm going to be honest, nowadays, uh -huh. like, no matter what city you're at, you're still going to have a that's offensive mm. person. Well, yep. Yep. Like, look, that's course. interesting you bring that up. It's like, we can't even say anything, even in a funny manner nowadays, right. without it becoming this political agenda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? happened to just being funny right and, Even, like, and, and and i'll take it a different route where i'll say a joke because i just think it's funny uh -huh. but people go no what you're doing is fighting truth to power and blah blah i'm like no uh, no no you're taking it all i was like, like i'm just trying to make a joke here yeah you know people have These, lost their sense of humor they have yeah. yeah so talking i mean the one the comic circuit by itself is a grind and it's hard right, right. and then put that on top of it and you know you have dave Chappelle that's been a i guess a subject of controversy and and who was a Kramer from Seinfeld, right? Who yeah. was one of the first 
ones to almost like be part of that cancel culture, I think, in the comedic realm because right. of him. He was getting heckled. Then he said some, I guess, racial slurs back yeah. at the well, audience. That, one, that so. one was like, it was before cancel culture was a thing, but that uh-huh. one was like for good reason. Yeah. I get it. Cancel culture slowly, like, it's like when it first started, it went like on the other mm. side yeah. of like, mm. I'm going to be, I will stand my ground on this mm-hmm. was like Aziz Ansari. I thought he was like, I was like, he's fine. You know, he's what I mean? hilarious. I think he's, I, we've he's seen hilarious. Them, I've seen him live just a got, few times. He, it was like at the height of the Me Too movement, mm. and this was after like the crazy, like the really tough. There was a lot of the weird really bullshit ones, that right? came yeah. out. There are double standards across many facets of life, right? And yeah. that I define as a double standard, like a double, you know, two sided, uh, two sides of the coin. And there was a little mm-hmm. bit of double standardness. In right. It. People aren't really canceled anymore, too. Mm. Like you'll have a person like mm-hmm. um, Louis C.K. is the great example. Mm-hmm. Like he's canceled from Hollywood, like movies and tv shows like you're Mm. not doing anything that big industries are gonna put their name on anymore however as a stand-up comedian build your own name now you don't Mm. need the companies anymore to sell tickets Mm -hmm. so louis ck sold out madison square garden recently and i was gonna say it's the same sort of thing in the in the music industry unless you're worried about brand sponsorships if you're a band you've always been able to be like a bad boy or a bad girl because it doesn't matter because you're selling tickets of an audience that's still coming to see you. You're right. not dependent on a movie studio saying, you look, we're not going to cast you in anything yeah. or a corporate organization kicking you out. It's like, screw you all. I don't care. I'm still selling out the garden. I'm still selling out, you know, giant stadium th- three nights yeah. in a row because of the. it's all about your audience. See, this is not <sighs> actually the same thing in corporate America, though. No. Like mm-hmm. you do something wrong, you are blacklisted. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And you're like fired before even you're fired anything. even yeah. before they could prove you did something wrong, and oh, then no other companies yeah. will hire you. Yep. Like that's that happens. Kind of like uh, back in 2020 when you had people who were going viral because like they don't want to wear their mask or they don't want to, mm-hmm. or or saying something racist or whatever, and then they record them. Next thing you know, you have a team of like, she works here, he works there, and then yep. they get them fired immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't get another job. You're kind of mm-hmm. telling you guys about how I'm not on LinkedIn anymore. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. You have a big LinkedIn what? audience. I mean, right? it's fairly decent size. What up, LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. How, what's, a, what's LinkedIn like, huh? Link- I've had one since LinkedIn, 2021. I think LinkedIn <laughs> is going through a uh, personality change mm. and shift. For instance, we put up uh, links right to our YouTube page, mm-hmm. um, share our entire full length um, pods right yeah. from there, mm-hmm. or we do put up our shorts right there mm-hmm. and they're embedded within the feed. Um, so they have a different effect, but we can't position it the same way. Like uh-huh. this side of us is our fun like not filtered and like you Say know whatever you want like mm-hmm. we are ourselves and having fun it's more lifestyle mm-hmm. based and then linkedin is like i am an executive of a global <laughs> fintech company <laughs> with a suit on hello and hello i have my pinky I mean, up i take myself the, very seriously the only thing that's changed about me in the last four <laughs> but or five years we can also years, have a martini and party on weekends yes ah. yes yes but I, I mean i do i've worn leather pants for a long time to work yes um, you have so yes, you look great in leather pants. I just do my leathers <laughs> or dark yeah. jeans. LinkedIn is weird. It's a weird little space. Okay. Because LinkedIn was just like, I'm, I'm very serious. I'm yes. a corporate man. And mm-hmm. and then I'm sure there's a bunch of dumb, like, motivational. If you're not waking up at 6 a.m., yep. you're a fucking loser. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, all right, good. I want to make myself sure. feel if bad. If you don't right have now. a positive affirmation message to share this morning, then get get off. Of right, yes. right. Or, or I remember like seeing on LinkedIn people who mm-hmm. quote themselves. I'm like, get the fuck over yourself, dude. And I they put like four or five 
of those out a day, just quoting myself. I'm full of quotes. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> like my favorite quote is like an image, and then it's like the quote is, "Be like me." Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, so I was actually an accountant before oh, all this, oh, so I'm oh. very familiar with corporate life. Mm. Uh, mm. I was an accountant by day, comedian by night. Oh, until, so you were doing our juggle that yes, we were doing mm. up until March 4th of 2022. I was able to mm. quit my accounting job and do this full time. Good for you. Mm. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank do you, you. do you apply mathematics to the comedic routine in the sense I was reading one day about? I think it was Jerry. I might have been Jerry Seinfeld or someone saying. Uh, giving advice to comedians that you have to get a laugh every eight seconds. There's some comedians like that, and I'm and I'm and I'm on that boat because mm -hmm. there's some comedians that want to like be deep and like have a conversation and then get that big laugh. Mm -hmm. Or more or storytelling comedians, mm -hmm. I think they're doing like my roommate Ryan, uh, Mike Berbiglia, Jim Jeffries, amazing storytelling comedians, and they're so good to the point where like they they don't need a laugh mm -hmm. every eight seconds. They could they could hold off without a laugh for like thirty seconds, maybe a minute. It, but mm. you know that punchline is so strong. Yeah. For, at yeah. the end, from yep. that story, you're gonna story be like belly they, laughing yeah. at you're it. Like bringing right, people right. into and the story, yeah, and, and, they, then, and they connect with you. So that's I've always had like a very uh, admiration for storytelling comedians. But I'm mm. the same way. I'm mm -hmm. like I'm like I gotta get a joke every yep. in there. <laughs> I gotta get a joke. Yeah. I was an account by day, comedian by night. Uh, because when I was 18 year old, years old, I kind of go to my parents and be like, Hey, Mama, Baba, I want to mm. be a comedian. So I just Googled best degrees to get a job with accounting showed up. So I was like, all right, I'll just be an accountant. So mm. uh, as soon as I graduated from college, dude, I worked a bunch at accounting jobs, mm. like companies, but I was in private equity for a bit. But as soon as I got off work, I did hit the comedy clubs. How did you find time to write? Every comedian has a different writing process. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll just speak for myself. So when an idea pops up in my head, it's because I do like TikTok and Instagram now. I always think... This is a funny idea. Is this? Can I see this as a sketch or can I see this as a stand-up bit? Mm. Like I had a stand-up. Uh, I had a like an idea about a lot of children of immigrants. We have this like PTSD. Mm. I first wrote it as a stand-up joke, but I was like, no, this is better as a sketch. And I basically had my roommate Ryan. Uh, do the sketch of like Ryan goes, Hey, Ahmed, is this your sandal? I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like, Hey, what do you, it's like, Hey, I got this beaten, new bell. I'm like, Oh God. By like, the <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I, so I have an idea. I'll post, I'll put it on my notes mm. app. I actually have a, fr I actually have two friends uh, who I used to do improv with, Shane and Sean. Shout out to them. But every Tuesday and Saturday, I text them three jokes. Huh. And then I put it in a Google Word doc and then mm. I try to like write it out word mm -hmm. for word. I think time. it's really awesome. You're even sharing a glimpse into your process. I mm. think a lot of people think people just see like the amount of followers you have. Yeah. And they don't see the amount of work that you put into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Never, I never thought comedy was a hobby to me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I worked as an accountant, I got off to go work my second job, which mm -hmm. was being a stand-up comedian i treated comedy like my job this was mm. my full-time job mm. i lived and breathed comedy even when i was an accountant i lived and breathed comedy was there any dry an inspiration sure. from your accounting experience that mm. you translated into jokes i mean a i'm little almost bit, like imagining I, I, like I can the only office. make so many jokes <laughs> i can only make so many jokes about corporate life yeah. and mm. stuff like yeah. that but a lot of it's from like personal experiences mm. and sure, stuff sure Man, corporate jokes, you've you've done so many. You know what I mean? Like well, every corporate say, joke, like, you've heard it in the corporate movies, office. Movies, right, mm. have done it, right? Mm. With like 
The Office as a show. Yes, forever. Severance is a new mm-hmm. show that Severance. I've, 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 I've like I've, I've been in and out of it because it's a little bit weird, yeah. but um, I've heard good things. Yeah. I've never watched it, but so I've, I've seen a few episodes. I think it's just I start getting sleepy with the monotone coloring on the screen, yeah. mm-hmm. and I need something vibrant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. typically like horror. Dude, that's yeah. why I watch anime. Oh, I like watching anime because I'm so tired and I need something to just like to grab my attention. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So the I've an- got an attention grabber for you. I got it, like a, a start of a, of a new joke for you. You know, yeah. coming back to the business and in accounting world, you know, you could start something out with like, what did Excel say to PowerPoint? What? I don't know. You're full of malarkey. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't think comedy is his <laughs> is his thing. Um, so again, I was an account by day, and and when I moved to Los Angeles, I was mm. working for like just different companies, from accounts payable to a staff account to whatever. Mm. My last job before I quit, I was working. Uh, I got it in October 2020. So I was an account for yes. this fertility company. I was a staff account for them, and they knew I was an, a comedian, and mm. they were always like supportive about it. Like mm-hmm. in the beginning, when I had Zoom shows, they showed up. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, cool. they were just. So so sweet i would be like hey i'm going to new york doing some shows so like i remember greg the cfo he was mm-hmm. just like oh well that's the cool thing about you know working from home you don't have to be in california you can mm-hmm. just you know do your shows i was in uh boston doing uh it wasn't even a show it was mm-hmm. my friend it was an indian wedding right mm-hmm. and there were uh, there were gujus of course gujarati yeah yeah was it a thousand person wedding then it was a lot of people right? yeah it was a they big wedding it was my weddings. friend sunny like three events Today. Yeah, and and Sonny, who was a guy who I used to work with uh, for like when I was accounts, I was a temp accounts mm-hmm. payable temp, and I met him, and he would like we became best friends. Mm-hmm. So I I go to the wedding, I bring my best friend Ryan, my roommate Ryan, mm-hmm. to the wedding, and it was a fun fun wedding, mm-hmm. right? We ended up posting some content that went viral for the wedding, mm-hmm. and and then I end up doing uh I like five minute set like a speech, right? Mm-hmm. I I did some jokes up top, uh, like I have this joke where I go like, "Hey guys, uh, I know a lot of uh, the people, the gujus here were looking at me confused because I was asking these dumb questions like, what's a barat or why are mm-hmm. we starting mm-hmm. three hours late?' Mm-hmm. Like, and and I was like, "Cause I look Indian, <laughs> but I'm actually Arab. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I look like the Seven Eleven type of brown, but I'm actually the Nine Eleven type of brown." Oh my uh, God. I, I know I look like the actor dub, and I'm actually the, like, like stuff. I did that joke in Alabama. They were like, "It's educational." Like, <laughs> so I had like that. So it was transitioning to a story about how like uh, making Sunny look good. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the joke was you know Sunny doesn't eat meat because he's a Hindu, and I don't eat meat because y'all know Islam is the true religion. Mm-hmm. And then people laugh, and I go, oh, "I'm just kidding. It's Scientology." Like yeah. it's like these whatever. I didn't. I said the joke, and it was in front of an Indian and Hindu crowd. Yeah, uh-huh. but they laughed. They were of like, course. "Oh, this is hilarious." Yeah. And then Ryan uh, posted the. Uh, like the Islam is a true religion joke and mm-hmm. it got a pause break and then it got and then it cut like we cut that was like the clip right sure. it was like a, oh he got away with this joke yes. right mm-hmm. yes and then you had people laughing and then you had this white girl going this is disrespectful <laughs> she like took the video and then like she just said like Islam is a true religion and she cut out the laughs she cut out the oh, claps yeah. and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. She and, she goes, and she said that this guy is promoting uh, Hindu violence he, what? This Muslim is pro, yeah, because because uh, in India, uh, oh, she Hindus and Muslims they like fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I, mean? yeah. I have a question for you. Do you allow stitching anymore it, for no, your no, no. posts? I, I still do. I still do. I still do. <laughs> okay. uh, but no, no, no. But this was just like this, mm. like people taking it 
further of like, yeah. oh this is what I'm promoting and stuff. All of a sudden it goes, Ahmed Al-Khaji works at PFC Management. Uh. So this is why if you go to any comedy shows, we literally take your phone and put it in a bag. I was yes. it's like you take a... They've done that when we right, go to comedy shows. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a comedy they show, actually you, take your phone and right. put it in a bag and they put it in a locker. Because it's this like, is even at Madison, Madison, Madison Square Garden. Garden. Right, right. Right. We're like, even, are we going to get it back? It's yeah, huge. like even journalists... Uh, we'll go to a comedy show and they go, okay, Bill Burr said this. And then we just mm-hmm. write it down or like write it down. It's not even the joke anymore. It's just, here's this comedian that I could use to push my narrative and yeah. make him look like well, an all, evil person. Yeah. It's all selfish agenda. It's, it's selfish, just yeah, a selfish, selfish agenda, agenda that this girl... Also, how it could yeah. personally damage you, right? Like, like they also said where you worked, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which is so, scary. So, so they looked up, obviously, when you search, you find my LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and it shows that, like, oh, he works there. They literally just, they found a Google review, and they put one star, they go, I had terrible experience with Ahmed Al-Qadri. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, and then and then i get an email from the cfo from uh and he goes hey can you tell us what's going on like you're an accountant you don't work with any of these surrogates or anything (laughs) like like, what's going on so i call greg and i was like there is a video of me that got misconstrued like i just told him what what i just told you guys now i was response with oh well this is one of those things you have to deal with as a comedian i'm sorry you have to deal with that Mm. like all the hate they were giving me, I didn't care. Because I was yeah. like, this is fine. Time will heal. Like, sure. I right. will get over this. Right. Yep. Right. But when they started attacking my workplace, that's, that's when I got fucking annoyed. Because yeah. I was sure. like, you don't know my life. I'm a comedian. I get hate comments every day. Right. Oh. And and it's not like I'm getting better at negative comments because like mm-hmm. when I hear a negative. What does com- that do to your morale, though? over time? Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, you will see like all these laughing like this is hilarious. You're awesome, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you hear and you would see one negative comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, and that gets to you. Sure. And one thing it's like you read. 10 good things and then you read one bad thing yeah, and, and you're focusing on the ba- negative thing because yeah. we're mm-hmm. human yeah, where yeah. we tend to focus on the bad sure i'm sure like as you guys are growing and no, y'all we've, are we've get... already gotten um oh yeah our like, fair what, share like, uh, what's like, like a negative... hate, hate comments which ones are you thinking like the the bruce springsteen ones yeah there's yeah. a bruce springsteen wait, ones. Wait, wait, what <laughs> what about bruce springsteen what did he do he's a, he's a national treasure i know well, that's why that, that's why because we, we, we were talking uh, yeah we were talking about our experiences seeing bruce springsteen live and they weren't favorable in fact i had written a uh we were an, an article yeah I'd written a review of it called bruce springsteen stank stunk <laughs> And and, and and said why, but people were so disturbed by our comments when in reality, all we were doing is giving a review of a particular show. The yeah, funny was, thing is, though, they were quick to judge and say, mm-hmm. who the hell do you people think you are? Like, say they wrote all this shit. And yeah. um, but then there's more people who actually concurred with us yeah, right. and to your point the positive outweighed the outweighed yeah. the couple of negative but the couple of negative were like like just like so obnoxious right. you know yeah. and it's like so that's my one advice is don't fi- don't fixate on it because rem- it's, it's not, not fair it. It, again mm. it's not fair to the people that love and support you yeah. to yeah. focus on that so that's one another thing is what do you think about yourself right it's all right. it's well, all it's on confidence, you right, right. Yeah. and it's all confidence so it's all confidence like I'm very confident on stage mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. I put in the fucking work. So this actually happened in mm. Istanbul. Like the first show sold out. Second show mm-hmm. went really great. Uh, second, third show, I didn't sell out, but I. Uh, it was like half. It was like the room was like half full. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I was doing some jokes and then I did one joke and like I did a joke about like Yemen, Egypt and Afghan like I do. Someone said do Syria and I did mm -hmm. a joke about Syrians and mm -hmm. she was like the Syrians in the back were laughing and she goes <laughs> not funny, not funny. Right. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, not funny. Well, the Syrians in the back are laughing and they were applauding her and her friend were American, too. Oh, like, this is such an that, American yeah, thing. Like, yeah. being like, not funny, blah, blah, blah. Also, by the way, it's dangerous to heckle a comedian because then you become I made the her object. Look stupid. Yeah, the I joke. made her look stupid because yeah. if you're going to heckle, you're remember, you're going to look dumb. Uh, you know, I've been yeah. doing this for years. Now you're making this show about you. Yes, mm. it's not. That's a good and, point. and that's well, when right? you hear a joke that a, com a stand up comedian says, it's not about you. They're yeah. just trying to make you laugh. Like a bad joke and a good joke comes from the same part of the brain. Yep. Yeah, yep. we're very simple in the things that make us laugh. Like yes. Greg went on and on yesterday about cheese porn with one of our guests. Oh, yes, yes. And we love cheese. What's cheese? Cheese porn. No, Greg starts talking about cheese. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's I love like, cheese. It's kind of like food porn. Yeah, we were talking yeah. oh, about like, like a nice... Yeah, yeah, cheese porn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a nice cheese plate <laughs> and we, how to we, eat it <laughs> and how to make it truly delectable and how to sip it with wine properly and like everyone's and, mouth. Like and, the women were like... Speaking oh. of cheese porn, sorry, We now that we're here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I... I love getting popcorn at movie theaters and dip it in nacho cheese. Oh, that would be good. So, so yeah. the next time you're at a movie theater, go mm. ask for popcorn, obviously, and then say, get can the I get a cup cheese. of nacho cheese? We don't actually go to the movie theaters anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very rare that we're we have we an do. obnoxious size TV in our in our living room, mm -hmm. even in a Manhattan Surround apartment. Surround sound, so it's nice. And mm -hmm. we're really big on let's make our own cocktails and put out our own, like, snacks really and i'll be headlining display. in new york in july i'll be headlining in the sultan room in new york either july 2nd or july 9th date to, to be determined but i'm for nice. sure gonna be in philly july 6th okay amazing but, so i'll let mm -hmm. you guys know bring out your friends i need to sell that show we, out, we so. love to come out and all our friends love comedy shows yeah too. so actually Good. talking about that are you constantly on tour yeah lately hitting certain cities that i know i have a big audience mm -hmm. in there are some other cities that i'm co-headlining for mm -hmm. example like uh charlotte and atlanta in april i'll be co-headlining with sammy obeyed okay. oh as well as philly as well uh -huh. as philly oh, wow. the thing is i want to do like des moines mm -hmm. louisville kentucky mm -hmm. like those type of uh cities after chicago i'm, I'm doing des moines okay. des moines uh, uh teehee's comedy club they they haven't dropped the link yet but it'll be may 7th may 7th <laughs> everything's in the in the future anything coming up like right away yeah 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 let me pull out my What about list. like performing in like also, South Dakota? Also, I mainly fly uh, Delta SkyMile. When you were oh. saying, I don't have a tour bus. But uh, if it's the only time I drive, if it's San Francisco or San uh -huh. Diego, I haven't locked any dates in Arizona. But if I were to do Arizona, mm -hmm. I would drive. We're uh, avid uh, uh, Delta flyers and fans as well. But the I remember one time years ago, there was a, a pilot who I think just wanted to be a comedian. And sometimes there, you know, there are pilots that are vocal. They'll get up. This one guy I remember was like, he was giving everyone the weather. He was trying to be like the Al Roker weatherman in right. front of the whole plane and this other guy was a pilot and he's like starts telling jokes he's trying like doing a quick little stand-up routine yeah. before we were flying so he was like That's testing the audience <laughs> i always do delta but uh if it's a certain gig that they uh, like corporate gig or private gig they wanted to book the flight for me so annoying right so i had to book with southwest <gasps> um be careful uh so next week i'll be flying so i'm going to houston texas mm -hmm. i was gonna do a show that week this weekend for mm -hmm. south by southwest but i just too much but mm -hmm. next week i'm going to houston because there was a uh, this 
podcast they want me to be their guest so they like paid for my flight and hotel room nice. So nice. i'm doing like a sh- small little uh, like show there mm-hmm. uh to sell some merch and stuff like yeah. that so i'm doing houston texas that same weekend i'm flying on sunday i'm going to san francisco mm-hmm. uh, me mm-hmm. and my roommate we have a show called ryan ahmed and you mm. and then on march 24th i'm doing santa barbara march 30th through april 2nd i will be in minneapolis april 14th 15th i'm in alameda mm-hmm. april 25th atlanta 26th charlotte wow may 5th and 6th i'm in chicago so mm-hmm. between april 26th and may 5th from charlotte to chicago i'm trying to do i might just rent a car yeah. in charlotte and just drive up to the chicago coast, yeah. but try to mm-hmm. stop at these like louisville mm-hmm. uh, uh in nashville tennessee try to do That's shows a lot over going there. on dude uh, you've been juggling a lot the last like let's just say decade like while you've been building this career mm-hmm. for yourself mm-hmm. what's your love life like i'll be honest uh just aside from comedy like i've never really or maybe comedy has been a big part of my life mm-hmm. so maybe that's a reason why i've never really been uh in relationships mm-hmm. uh i know some women out there find it as a red flag mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh i'm it's more like i've been in relationships but i always in the end i chose comedy you know mm-hmm. what i mean okay. like mm-hmm. like i was in dallas like i was mm-hmm. in like i was dating this girl but like really hit it off and stuff. But it's like she wants to get married and yep. have kids and all this stuff. I want to mm. I want to move to L.A. It's like so mm. that in and itself is like a problem. So well, it sounds that, like you didn't meet the right person. Yeah. I guess I, I think like that's a good I think that's, you know, the short answer. It's mm. more like I like, just haven't like met. We're, we're on our second act. I finally yeah. met the right person that allows me right, to right. be professional, but then do fun stuff with him or hang out when I mm. want to. Yeah, I, I, I have be, a high tolerance. Yeah, I, yeah, it's embarrassing. He really, really <laughs> tolerates a lot for me. I mean, yes. I'm very high maintenance. I but think he, it's the like, Italian mm. in you, but yeah. um, but but like like for example, like honestly, it's very uh-huh. inspiring. Like now, I I want to get married so mm. I could find the actual love of my life soon. Mm. But um, but. But like mm-hmm. I like being single, sure. you know what I mean. Which like, is fine. I, I just, yeah. by the way, don't I, feel guilty. I, right? I, 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 mean, I, don't. I think yeah. some I people don't. feel guilty for being focused on their dream or the right. things that and they're I'm, building and I'm doing. I'm 29 now. Mm-hmm. I turned 30 in June. I've only been I mean, in like two when you turn relationships. Four, when you turn 49, I mean, yeah. can, I'll be concerned. But like I completely if, understand know. what he's talking about. He's like, look, once I get to a certain level in my career, then the Victoria's Secret models are going to be coming out of the blue, like wanting to date me. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's saving himself he's like, for the right I'm women. like, <laughs> Like I'm not like fortunately I'm at the level where I don't have to be an accountant anymore. Mm. Right. Yeah. But nice. then again, it's only been a year since I quit my job to do this full yeah. time. Uh-huh. So and I'm not like a big enough name to where I'm selling out across the country sure. which hopefully and i know i will get there mm-hmm. you know we are rooting for you yeah. thank you We're that means a lot uh, you know i have friends who are successful comedians who can afford bringing their girlfriend mm. on the road with them and that's if their girlfriend you know works from home and she has her yeah. schedule is flexible sure. with a comedian's Correct. life it's mm-hmm. hard you know just being a comedian it's hard to be in relationships well, it's, and stuff. it's sort of like why you gave up your music career like yeah. 20 years ago yeah sort of pretty much i mean, I mean professionally yeah it, as you get older and you get married and you right. have kids and you have different forms of responsibility you can't just kind of 
go out on the road or so I, I basically had to kind of put that off on the side it's I still worked on it as a passion Kirthi and I have a band together we mostly play like charity um, based shows and so I still have that as my creative outlet still right. perform you know play drums guitar like those uh, there's some comedians now where uh, they're they're very successful doing the road and stuff and they they're trying to have that balance of being with their kid but it was like Chris Stefano and Burt Kreischer mm. and they were talking about how like like they're they're watching their daughter being grown from a screen, you know? So they like cancel shows because they want to be more, but it's good because uh, for them, because they're at this financial level where they can they cancel can these that. shows, yeah. you know? I'm a big fan of Chris Stefano. He's a mm -hmm. very funny comedian. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how like, he sold out Radio City Hall. Mm -hmm. And then his agent was like, oh, we sold out, we could add. He was just like, no, I don't want to add all these shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to just be with my family. I want to, like, you know, yeah. make it an event. It's like mm -hmm. me with my family, do the show, and then I could go be with right. my family again. And, you well, know? there's That's... this element of work-life balance. Yeah. And when do you have it? And then also coming back to work-life balance, but coming back to the musician piece. So say you're a, a hired gun musician and you're and you're touring with, a, with, with an artist. And the way it'll work, you might be on tour for, say, you know, we'll just say it's like a, a seven-day period. Maybe you only have three gigs um, across that seven day period you're typically only paid for those three days those other four days are considered off days <laughs> that you don't have to get that they don't but have to you're pay. on the road but you're on the road yeah. and away from your family like i love yeah. doing the road like i have all the, i'm looking at the all, all these cities yeah. that i'm about to hit and Quite it's the cool. itinerary <laughs> Right. Yeah. But but as a person that just got off an 11 hour flight, all I can think about is getting an Uber to the airport yeah. and yeah. then like flying to Houston and then and getting Ubering into your hotel. You're like you're you're not home. So you're thrown off your schedule. Yeah. You're like usually like you're back home. You're like, I, I, I work out here. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, you know, I yeah. eat this food. I do this. But like you're away from your space. Yeah. I hate travel food. Yeah, travel yeah. food. It's not it's not the yeah. Yeah, it's, it's different not than like I'm going on vacation and mm -hmm. I'm eating food somewhere yeah. purposefully, but work travel food mm -hmm. is disgusting to right. me. Some people say, Oh, you're going hitting all these cities. It can be a vacation, but it's not to but me. It's, it's not, not. and also fitting in time to work out. It's like you don't have this when you're at home, you have this almost set routine. You yeah, can eat you healthy. Have your routine. You can, That's the word I was you know, going for. Yeah. You could work out. But when you're constantly on the road, even this trip, we were talking like, Oh, let's try to you know, our we brought gear. our workout gear, but we were getting up between like five and five thirty to set up for our no, AM pods. No, because we were we were going to bed at midnight and waking up at five a.m. Yeah. each yeah. day, and so it was just like, and yeah. then the afternoon between the two major pod shoots, we both had regular day work to do. Yeah, in meetings and, and New York time zone. Yep. So we were like <laughs> yeah. trying. To oh, yeah, your day jobs. That's yeah. right. Uh -huh. Exactly the day jobs. That's right. So, yeah. so we were day jobbing it between twelve p.m. And 4 p.m. Yeah. yeah, that's the uh, life we choose that's to live. That's the life we choose yes. to live. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. my my personal yeah. ambition is I do love my day job, mm -hmm. and personally, and you're my, really good at it too. Thank you. <laughs> but my my real ambition is that Greg just tells me when to show up on a pod, mm -hmm. and I show up, and I get to meet amazing people like you with him. So as you're saying, for you, it's it's probably harder, you know, to find someone because of the reason that you're on the road or you're trying to pursue a, so a comedic career, right. busy. And then, you know, 
this past um, girlfriend didn't want to move. You had some aspirations to move to LA. She didn't want to do it. What I think makes Kirthi and I different is we're both originally from the entertainment world. So we have that her as an actress uh, and model, me as a musician, we went into the corporate world. But then when we met, our company started doing business together. So we had a chance to do business together, be creative. Then we became friends. Then we became best friends. And we were in a band together. And Aww. then now we're together. We're engaged. Aww. And we're trying to, Congratulations. you know, thank you. And we'll be getting married in the, in, in the future, Yay. which is awesome. Our career paths have been like the same trajectory. And what we're doing has actually been able to help each other. So it's not, hey, I'm going on the road. What are you doing? It's no, we're actually doing this together I because it's that. our own yeah. process. And this is our ability to have a yeah. creative outlet. So yeah. That's it's beautiful. not two dissimilar paths. It's the same path of people empowering each other to build and equity that's why, in what and we're, that's why in what I we're said doing. You just haven't met the right person. Right. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't found the Kirti to my Greg. You know that's what I mean? So like I, <laughs> my friend, Mike Falzone, like he ended up, he started a podcast with his wife. And then uh, he and I, we did, uh, and my friend Monty, we did shows in Seattle together. There were people who were fans from him from the podcast, but they were all like, we're Zoya, we're Zoya. Mm. And like, because they loved his wife so much. I'm sure like that podcast brought them obviously closer together. Yeah, and all that stuff, yeah. But, mm -hmm. I think the only thing for me and Greg, like when we created this podcast, it was truly just on the honest premise of share stories, share other people's stories, do it through initially audio only. But as you know, the whole video podcast thing you has really video. taken yeah. off the last two years. So are you guys yeah. clipping up y'all's episodes too? Well, that's the other thing mm -hmm. I was going to say. So then we create shorts from yeah. every single episode. The thing that I think was sort of like a curveball annoyance for me, I'll call it, is the need to be on like all the other social platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I personally have been very private on those social platforms mm -hmm. the last 10 years, yeah, 15 you, years. Yeah, but that's the game that now. And, here, yeah. and it's like, oh, my God, yeah. I have like that's where like we can't wait when we can get help yeah. with some of that stuff because we're, we're doing it together at like midnight yeah so for you um i'm assuming you probably have to say one instagram handle right and then for us what makes it challenging is that we have three we have my personal her personal we have got spice I have my personal and my monday fun day like for example um, ahmed loves bread i have breadcrumbs and breadheads okay. <laughs> those are my fan my fan oh. base uh and if you buy merch you're a pure bread um because in the oh. end we're all bread winners but um <laughs> Cute. But I have, uh, but as like, as I, you know, my, my name started building and I, mm -hmm. my fan, I, my fan base started growing. I always get DMs. I want to help. Mm. I'm so a like, fan of like, you. Almost like a groupie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg is uh, aware of this and this is happening mm. to me, right? Across mm -hmm. a few of our social channels. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be mean to anyone. I'm getting weird DMs, like, mm. you know, from like the same dudes, like, across the different things and i'm like i clearly am in love with this guy why are you dming me <laughs> like, yeah, no. yeah yeah it's i mean that's just the internet for you mm. uh now like i have one helping me with emails and i have one helping me with social media with mm. my podcast mm. and and Anne and andy i'm i hope they're watching but like i fucking love you guys like and i'm forever indebted that's indebted great. to them the friend was telling us we have to check out his new special that just launched this past week chris rock and oh, so yeah. violence talking apparently he addresses the smack and everything like that so what are, you, what are your thoughts on what happened to him at the oscars the special is really good i liked his special uh some people didn't like as much but uh chris rock is an og comedian mm -hmm. yeah so like he's just old yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> remember he's an older cop so of course he's gonna have an oj joke but yep. yeah of course um, yeah so but uh he has like certain jokes where i'm like 
fuck, this is so good. Like, mm. he talked about, like, like he has this joke for, I don't mm. want to spoil it, but he was talking about men and how we just do everything for pussy. And, and then he just talks. Of, but he was like, that's our motivation of life. And I was just like, but everything he said, like, through the punchlines and the joke, I was like, fuck, he's so right. Like, like right as a point. man. But mm-hmm. then the last, like, 10 minutes of the special, he talks about the smack. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does a very good job at it. And I don't want to say and I don't want to so say anything. Speaking uh-huh. of OG comedians. Yeah. Can I just ask you, what are your top three or five OG comedians? Okay, OG. Okay, so for OG, like my Mount Rushmore would be uh, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, Louis Mm -hmm. Um, C.K. And the fourth one is always, it's either Dave Attell Mm. or George Carlin. I was like George Carlin. smart. Honestly, if I had to pick, it would probably be Richard Pryor, too, because Richard Pryor was, I'm more, I always followed his style, though, even though I I admire storytelling comedians Mm -hmm. or political comedians. Because they're good at what they do, and I can never do that. Mm. I like, uh, no, I don't want to say stupid comedy, but sure. I like, or Kevin Hart. I love Kevin yeah. Hart. Kevin Hart's great. Uh, I noticed you did not mention any women. Feminist. Uh-huh. God damn, there's, women are so annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's I know literally that. what Andrew Tate was talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, no, I'm just kidding. That's, that's why you need to have a so living establishment. So I actually separate that's uh, my women. <laughs> yes. Oh, you separate the women. Oh, yes. Because I'm a Muslim and I separate the oh. men and women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I love uh, Chelsea Peretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, the, w- when I turned 18, I went to a, a, a see Tammy Pescatali. Mm. Okay. I'm a big fan of her. And then uh, uh, Jackie, uh, I always fuck up her name, but Jackie Key, oh, gosh, Keish Kosh. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Why am I blanking out her name? But, uh, I'll I'll tell you later. Yeah, after, yeah. But I want more people to know is uh, Dina Hashem. Mm-hmm. She's like fucking the best. Like out of mm. all like Arab Muslim comedians or mm. Arab who grew up Muslim comedians, personally, mm-hmm. I think she's the best. Wow. Dina Hashem, she's amazing. And then uh, Fahim Anwar. Okay. Is so those two are like personally my favorite. I always mm. tell them I'm like no, they're the best. A Carol Burnett back in the day. Um, more of like an intelligent comedian, mm-hmm. like truly like skit-based comedian, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. like when you think about Linky Glazer and this Amy Schumer, and right, it's like part they, of this. They're like, all like just vulgar. It's like comedy. let me if mm-hmm. I just talk about my pussy and like yes. the jokes the whole time, which is fine. You could do a good version. I mean, I saw Nikki Glazer and she does a really good job at that kind of like yes. uh, true style. comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like in the eighties how every com- every male comedian has a dick joke. Yes, mm. it's. Kind of like that that mm-hmm. we're going yes, through. Yes, like, like women ev- are going through their renaissance of, of like right. <laughs> I'm going like, to openly talk about my body parts. Right, <laughs> right, and then so, and then it's like it's a borderline like it's just like it's just gross. Mm-hmm. You yes. know what I mean? It's but, so interesting you said it, that. But, I don't like gross comedy. Mm, I agree. I don't think I'm really a gross comedy. <laughs> comedy is subjective. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and again, it's personal. Like, it's like how you relate to it. I'm a comedian that you know that's barely selling any tickets. So, so my opinion does not matter whatsoever. What about some old, good old, clean humor? Bill Cosby. <laughs> he was he was funny back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why a lot of the comedians that I admire, yeah. they all were all heartbroken with the whole Bill Cosby yep. story. Yeah. Because it's like, that was their OG, like, mm-hmm. big comedian. But to us, my generation, I see Bill Cosby, I'm like, oh, he's just old. I actually remember seeing an interview with Eddie Murphy, and I guess it was when he was probably first starting. Bill Cosby had called him up, and he's like, you know, why, why are you using, like, why, why are you using swears in your routine? You don't have to use swears, because Bill Cosby's all about, you know, like, PG. clean PG. 
And then he has Richard Pryor calling him saying, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do that. And then he calls back, you know, um, Bill Cosby. He's like, well, Richard Pryor's telling me to do this. Well, he's like, no, Richard Pryor's wrong. You shouldn't be putting swears into your routine. So he calls Richard Pryor back. Richard Pryor goes, so are you making money? Yeah. You drawing audiences? Yeah. Tell Bill Cosby to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or, or it's hard or, enough to make it or in take the a first pill place. and drink a Coke or something yeah, like that. Take a pill. Or, or so like Richard yeah. Pry- uh, Eddie Murphy like called him out or something yeah. like that. But uh, gosh, like some people think like, oh, it's easy to do dirty comedy or mm. it's easy to do clean comedy. No, it's not easy to do any, any time. of it. It's just you got to be funny. Yeah. That's it. If yeah. you're drawing audience and you're being funny, that's all that matters. Because one time I was doing like, uh, I was doing a, we were doing a weekend in Denver, Ryan and I, and uh, Ryan is clean. Mm-hmm. Ryan is, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't curse. I don't really curse either. Uh, not because I don't want to curse. Mm-hmm. It's more like I would rather say a different word than fuck. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. plenty of there's other plenty words of different words. Use. Like, mm-hmm. well, there's funnier words just to just for the sake of comedy, yeah. just to make it like yeah. a little bit funnier. I remember uh, there was like Sunday we had to do a clean show, and I was doing a cl- I was doing like clean jokes, but mm-hmm. then I I was making f- fun of like oh, I gotta be clean. Like I was just doing that, and this one lady is like, "Good job." You know, it's easy to do dirty jokes. It's easy, and I'm like, I I was just like, okay, all right, no, I love dirty jokes. What are you talking about? It's my favorite thing. She left it in my head. I'm like, she doesn't know my job. Like she doesn't yeah. understand. Like you've never been on stage. You can't just say. Oh, it's easy to tell dirty jokes because, mm-hmm. like, you're it's just, just like, like a one think, white people woman. People think it's easy to write a book or easy, mm-hmm. like yep. the, the same chick who was saying, "Oh, that's offensive" or whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the hour, I, I finished my set. I did like an hour thirty at, at that show, and oh, then that's at one a point, long, that's a yeah. Long. And then I was one point, I was like, "What do you guys want to talk about?" Mm. Right? Because I, I'm in Istanbul, I didn't do all my material because there's only so much material that can relate to them. And I was just like, "So, what do you guys want to talk about?" And then one guy was like, "Hey, so what's the most awkward moment you've had at a show?" And then obviously, I just did a callback, and I was mm. just like, mm. and I looked at her, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's just one awkward moment with a Syrian girl." Everyone started laughing. She goes, "I knew you were gonna say that. Do better. Do better." <laughs> Right. And then I go, I go, you knew it was about you because it's about you, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) With comedy, one, as you said, an hour and a half routine. But then a lot of shows you'll see are maybe like hour long, hour long specials. Yeah, usually an hour. Yeah. So the thing is, and again, I'm not a comedian, so I'm not really quite sure um, how how this works, where you have to memorize an hour's worth of material. You have to you have to manage the timing of it to make sure the jokes are told appropriately. You have physicality that is in yeah, part of I the do show a lot as well. Of physicality. So in my, how uh, how like how do, how do you do that? Like because I know sometimes <laughs> like think about it if you're telling because your jokes lead into one another and they're say like story almost story based. What happens if all of a sudden you forget a part and now you're out of order and you get like tripped up? Is there a confidence monitor that like has like your jokes written on them or is it purely all memorized? And <laughs> yeah, like, how, mean, how do you prepare? How do you do a yeah, show? What is what it goes happens into a it? lot? Every comedian's different. Mm-hmm. I I like have like, you know, every hours I have it word for word written. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like sometimes I'm filtering myself while I'm mm. like because you have to read like the read room. the read you have to read right. yeah. you do the same thing in music. So you if read I'm the doing audience. like a like I was doing that a lot in Istanbul where I'm like I have a bit and I'm like doing like it's like a joke within the jokes mm-hmm. uh, within the whole bit or whatever. And before I 
even say it, I was like, oh, they're probably not going to get it. And I'll like say the punchline mm-hmm. and they didn't get it. So I just ended up like skipping the next yeah, part. Like you improvise. Right. Mm-hmm. You're improvising. You're doing crowd or you're riffing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're confident on stage and like that's you learn as you like get mm-hmm. better in comedy, which I'm obviously I'm a student at this mm-hmm. game. I'm still learning. I'm mm-hmm. still getting better. Well, at I, this. I just think there's certain type of people from my perspective there are people who think they know it all mm. and they probably live a stagnant and static life. And there are people who will always be open to learning and understanding there's opportunity for growth. And they learn that they know nothing. The, the, when you live that life of learning and trying to know more, you learn that you know nothing. Right. <laughs> and, and it allows you to grow. Right. And yep. discover things and be better at what you do. Dude, the first year of stand-up, I was like, this is so much fun. This is like the best. My third year of stand-up, I was like, oh my God, I'm like getting good at this. I think I'm good at this. My fourth year, I was like, I don't think I've ever written a single good joke in my life. <laughs> like, I don't think I know anything. Like even I'm like mm-hmm. six, uh, a little over six years in and I'm still like, like I'm confident when I get on stage, but I'm still so nervous before mm-hmm. I get on stage or I'm mm-hmm. still like I that means I'm... you're still excited mm-hmm. about what you do correct mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. thank you and I'm I still want to do a good job and I still want to know like like all right like even booking all these shows or like emailing them and telling mm-hmm. them like yes I am good enough like I can sell tickets but it's also like okay selling tickets is one but the people that come to my show it's like the pressure is on it's like no I need to deliver I need to make sure they're having a good time and they make their money's and I made their money's worth yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. this is a marathon I'm just gonna yeah. I plan on doing this for the rest of my life yeah. so who knows maybe maybe you know, we'll see you on a Netflix mm, special yeah who, knows? Or who yeah. knows maybe maybe I have to go back to accounting for a couple of years and then get back out there who knows you know but, that could be your side hustle right now the goal hopefully is like to be at that level mm-hmm. of like okay i'm a big enough name i'm i'm selling out everywhere i go i have an agent yeah and they're like booking me across the country for these big a clubs and i'm selling out these a like that's like the level that's that great. i want to hit and i have some friends at that level and i'm like you know what if my friends can do it i can too mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just like it's just gonna take some time my path is mm-hmm. different i'm gonna make a generalization here and the generalization is it often you hear of comedics being depressed <laughs> is yeah. that is that a, is that a generalization or is that true or a lot of everyone's them... depressed <laughs> you know what i mean so when people say oh comedians are depressed or what it's like everyone's depressed there's a depressed lawyer there's a depressed doctor yeah i don't have depression i get mm. sad mm-hmm. i have depressive I think periods it's normal yeah. to get sad yeah. and it's normal <laughs> to get sad right but mm-hmm. um so comedians itself with uh depression as well as uh which it t- which connects with social media mm-hmm. i think a lot of the dep- uh comedians are getting depressed uh, or can be depressed because you get on stage and you made a room full of 150 people laugh mm. like hard mm-hmm. and you're like fuck yes dude like mm-hmm. i'm a rock star you feel good you know you're getting that validation yeah. you're getting that yeah. big it's a it's better than heroin that mm-hmm. dopamine hit yes. of making people laugh we, of room. but we know it just we from performing like. it's it, the same sort of concept yeah right. you get off stage so we go on there's an stage, energy there's just this feeling you can't this euphoric feeling that right. you cannot how describe. many entertainers yeah. have you've heard from musicians to comedians everything they say i retired but then they're back on the road yep. because they yeah. miss that they feeling miss you you love that feeling you, you can't you can't get rid of that feeling so 
obviously that does something to the brain that you, yeah. you know you want mm-hmm. that validation well it's you an need extreme that. high right same with social media now so i um <laughs> ryan and i were we actually were talking about this recently because we we had these series lately uh that like that have been going viral right mm-hmm. And both of us have like a uh, have like a good series, and it's going well. Mm-hmm. And and we were joking around for like we're gonna enjoy this now, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna let it get to our heads, but we're gonna enjoy this now. Yeah. Because right now we're having fun and mm-hmm. it's happy, but we know because we've been doing this for a while, we know th- we're gonna have a flop era yeah. where every video we post because this is the algorithm. Yes. Where every video we post is not going to do as well. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's not b- defining the, how good you how are. How good yeah. you are yeah. as a creator. Yeah. Louis CK has the best analogy for it. It's kind of like blackjack. Mm. When you're winning in blackjack, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, look at me. I'm fucking I'm winning all this money. I'm good at blackjack. I know what blackjack. I know how to play blackjack." Yeah. But you don't know how to play blackjack. Yeah. You don't. You just right now the the odds are in your favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think you know the algorithm now. I know what it takes. I know what it takes to go viral. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. I just went viral again, and I did it before too. But then you're you're posting. Who knows? Like I just got back to LA. Yep. Probably the next few videos I'm gonna start posting again. Yeah, it's probably gonna go shit. I oh. mean, we did not post this much this week because we humanly, physically had no time. Right. And I try to put stories up at least. Oh, so dude, we stories were... is the I fucking love Instagram. I'm stories. like story. Mm-hmm. Story. I post, Story. So, dude. <laughs> I post so much on Instagram stories because it's so easy. It's mm-hmm. low bar, and it's the best way to connect with your By fans. By the way, people sure. look at stories more than post. I'm finding mm-hmm. like they just mm-hmm. constantly hit on that dot. Yeah, it's easy. Throw it up top. Yeah, you don't have to scroll. Yeah. I was like, we have to look like we're not. We didn't die in California, so that's why. Yes. I randomly like put him up walking, and all these like chicks are checking it out. I'm like, whatever. I'm using him. Let's just. Oh, yeah, my, my 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 Instagram like DM just blows up at that point. Hey. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, see, funny. And then, but but the thing is, okay, you know how guys were DMing you, even though clearly you're in love with Greg. Yeah. Women are more says because he's in a relationship. People mm. are more gonna, more women are gonna DM him because mm. I've been seeing that a lot. I think where women it's are like, a little bit more shy though to mm. out, reach out. But a lot of women tend to be more attracted to men who already have a partner. That mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, because we're yeah. unattainable. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not saying. It's about wanting what you can't have. Like, oh, they respect the man more because it's like, oh, he's in a relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, if grounded. they were to break yeah. up, they would all, oh, oh like it's I know. Like, he's I'm a, on standby because it's like they got that stamp of <laughs> approval. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. they're all lining like up. Like when Michael B. Jordan uh, <laughs> broke up with Lori Harvey, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. All these women were fucking because it's like not only is this like this. Super handsome man that, that has it all, but it's like he's a relationship guy too. Yeah. Oh wow! You want to just came to my head as you just said that. We we, we talk about this and we're like we're 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 boggling our minds on how he gets like the hot women. Pete Davidson, right. one after another. Well, and think about it. Is it he's, that concept that you're saying he's in a relationship? Then the next, I have a theory. They're curious about Staten Island. Mm. <laughs> Because why is this guy from Staten Island? Does he live in so Staten Island? He's born, brought up, and yeah, still I lives there. Not, oh, he still lives there. And he doesn't want to leave or anything? He has rebuilt his mom's basement like into this man pad. like, And it's supposed to be amazing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, leave Staten Island. Like he dated... Uh, 
uh, Every he dated Ariana. Like yeah. when he started dating Ariana Grande, mm -hmm. that's when it like just like he's dated all hot chicks. Like yeah. imagine after he started dating Ariana Grande, that's when like all the oh, women he blew up. It's like if it's a very if a very attractive person is dating you, then that in hindsight is making you more. Attractive. It elevates mm. their overall. It's elevating you, yeah. especially as man a, a, a man. Like for men, it's all about status. Yes. So it's like if I'm if I walk into a party and I have a gorgeous woman, you have a it's called a trophy yeah. wife or a trophy mm. girl, right? Yeah. Right, this trophy wife, and then everyone's like, "Oh, who's this guy?" And what well, kind of happened the other night? We were out with friends at uh, at dinner, and there was the like that six foot four bouncer guy. I don't remember. Yeah, the one that you were hugging, and he was like trying to kiss you. No, he was not trying to kiss me. <laughs> and then he saw me. He's like, "Oh." <laughs> right, right. I it's think a, I think your story has been really motivational for uh, it, all creators. I, I would say so. It's it's, but it's hard though. At the same time, it sounds like it could be like any creative industry, an emotional roller coaster. Bat.